This world has lost its grip on me. You know, I was buried in sin. This world had a hold on me. And I just got to say, I wasn't planning on saying anything. And I'm sorry for messing you guys up. Just keep going. But when Jesus came to save the sick, and I was sick, and I had, I had things in my life that I'd started when I was 15 years old, and uh, I was pretty much an alcoholic for 20 years, until I was 35, and I found the Lord. The Lord, he, he got a hold of me, and He changed me. And that is the message that I want everybody to be clear on today. I don't care where you, where you are in your life, what you've done. The Lord will change your life. But what you have to do is you have to give Him control. That's where I couldn't, that's what I couldn't let go of. There was something in me that just wanted control. I want to do it my way and I want to do it when I want it, what I want, and when I want. And you know, one night it just hit me. One night it hit me. And I'll just, I want to go ahead and tell you the story, but Justine was going to church without me. She'd went to church without me for about 11 years. She'd went to church faithfully without me. And she prayed for me, she prayed for me. And, and one day a guy showed up at my door, my front door, and he said, hey, I've, I've, written, a, I've written a song, but I don't know how to play. I don't, I don't know music, but can you take this, these words and put these words to music and make a song out of it? Gary knows, I've told him the story. And I said, sure, I can do that. And that evening I went out to my music room and I started playing, playing music to these songs he had written. And the Holy Spirit started working in my life right there. And it was just like, what's happening? I know what's happening. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. Next thing I know, I'm playing, I'm singing, I'm changing things up. And the Lord's changing. He's working on me. He's working on me. And as I sang that, those songs to, to Jesus... He overcame me. And I'm like, Lord, I'll do whatever. I'll go whatever. I'll do whatever. I just give, I surrender to you because I know you are real. And I know that's what I'm missing in my life. And right there, I gave my life to the Lord. I gave my heart to the Lord. And uh, I went in the house and I, I told my wife, she got home from church that night. I said, I'm going to go to church next Sunday. And she, she was on pins and needles the whole week, but... I went to church the next Sunday morning, and I tell you what, I've been going ever since. The Lord has changed me. The Lord has changed my life. And I love to sing this song, because it's kind of my story. The Lord rescued me, so, hey, sing with me. I was buried beneath my shame. could carry that kind of weight it was my tomb till I met you I was breathing but not alive and all my failures I tried it was my dream. 
need rescued out of something, no matter where you're at in life, if you need rescued from the Lord, call out on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of Jesus. I'm 20 years clean, sober. Hey, I, I love the Lord. I love the life of living with living for the Lord. I praise Him. shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Cause when you call my name,
over my life, over my family, over my heart, over every stronghold, over every addiction. I spoke that. I spoke that into, I spoke it as it was, and it, and it was, and it is. I'm not perfect by any means. I'm a long ways from perfect, but you know what? I am saved. I know that. I am saved. I'm set free. That night, I laid down the all my, all my junk, I, like cases of beer stacked up and this and that, bottles of this and that. Never, never, never cracked another one open. Only to pour it out. I did pour it out. Thank the Lord for that. I spoke the name of Jesus into my life. His name is power. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. I speak that over your, your lives right now. And I just speak... Jesus. Claim that. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim the name of Jesus in your life. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. 
Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. He did it for me. He can do it for you. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. that name and believe on him and believe in who he says he is and we're saved all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and then we have a responsibility on our part to surrender our, it's not about us anymore it's not about what Rick wants to do it's not about what Carlin wants to do it's about what he wants us to do it's about living for him. It's making sure our actions and our words and all those things line up with the heart of Jesus and sharing his love with others. That's our mission. And Father, right now we thank you that we can speak the name of Jesus. And that name brings so many things into our lives, God. All good things, all fruits of your spirit within us, God. And God, whatever anyone's dealing with right now in this room, we speak Jesus. We speak Jesus. And that name covers everything. That name brings peace and healing and restoration and forgiveness. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Have your way in this place. 
praise you and we worship you. Worship you, Father. Can we just sing that chorus together again? I didn't ask him to do this beforehand, but I just want to sing that. Just speak the name of Jesus before we enter into the time of the word. Father, to, to just show you how much we appreciate you, how much we love you, and how much we thank you for all you do for us. And God, at this moment, I just pray, Father, that, that you pour into me as your vessel. God, let me pour out what you're speaking to hearts today. It's not about me, Father. It's all about you. And we want to glorify you in this place. And we want to see lives change, not only inside of our church, Father, but inside of our communities. This lost and hurting world needs hope, and it's found in that name, your name, Jesus. And we just thank you for all of it. We thank you for what you're going to do in this place, what you're already doing. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Turn around and say hey to a few people before you're seated. see you guys again this morning. Um, I trust that every time we go into a time of worship and praise that, you know, my heart is for the whole church to be 100% in that and all of us seeking God. And and again, I've told you guys, as we do that, we're going to see things like we haven't seen before, especially young people. But anybody that's been around a little while, you've seen God do some amazing things. You've You've seen God do things you can't even describe. And we want to walk in that and operate in that, in the full power of the gospel all the time, all the time. It's still available to us today. Um, A couple more things just before, if you've been out of the loop the last two or three weeks and haven't heard this, we are opening a school, a Christian school here at Orchardville Church in August. Our planning team will be meeting often and discussing a lot of things as we put all that together. Um, But our heart in that is, first and foremost, for for kids to understand who they are in God. Because the world is bombarding them with so many different things right now, and they don't know who they are. They don't understand the power and authority that they can walk in. And we want to train them up, train up a child in the way they should go. And we're going to be doing that here at the school, along with giving them a quality education. And my goal, I've told you guys... As they come in, I want them to know that this is a place of safety, this is a place of love, this is a place of joy, this is a place where they can come in here and have a positive environment and go home at the end of the day and realize, man, I I love this place. I love being in the presence of God. I love going to school. I love learning. I know that might be a stretch there for some of them. (laughs) But I want the environment to be that of one where they come in here, they know as soon as they walk in this place, what we feel right now they feel as they come into school each day. Welcome home. This is, this is home. So excited about that as we work towards that. Also, we are, again, going to be doing, and I'll get some packets out next week for you guys if you want to do this with us. 21 days of prayer and fasting will start January 9th. So uh, I encourage you guys to be a part of that in the church. Again, 100% participation would be wonderful, but 21 days of prayer and fasting for our upcoming year. And we saw God do some incredible things in 2021. It's not over yet. We're still here today. But 21 days of prayer and fasting, that'll start January 9th. If you've never been a part of something like that before, get with me and I can explain a little bit more. And plus, we'll have some information at the welcome desk on that. But the biggest thing is just spending intentional time with the Lord instead of something else that occupies a lot of your time. Um, First thing some people think is I got to give up food. It's not just food. You can do that. But anything you know, for you, some of you guys last year, how, much, how many of you gave up social media for a little bit? That's a sacrifice for some of us, <laughs> right? So whatever it is, you pray about it, you see God on it, what, is it, what he wants you to give up. And then in place of that, you're spending time with the Lord, you're getting closer to him, and lay out things that you're praying about. Write them down. And then when the end of 2022 comes, you look back and you see what God has done. Amen? All right. So here we go. New series. I know Christmas was just yesterday. And I even had some strange plans for this message. I told Carlin, he said, that's the day after Christmas. And I said, okay, I'll hold off on that. 
I won't even tell you what it was. <laughs> but I'm going to put that off for a little bit. But we're going to start a new series. I know Christmas was yesterday, but I want to start a new series called Going or Being. Going or Being. And I'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit. But this will be week one of that. And I'm not sure how long we'll go on it. Um, but we're going to go till I feel a release off of it. But Going or Being. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll be in verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. And I heard we have a family from Oklahoma that came all the way to be with us today. <laughs> they're, here, they're here somewhere. Maybe not to be here, but they're here for Christmas, but we're glad they're here with us today. So we pray you enjoy the service. All right, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, as the Lord calls out to us through the cell phone. <laughs> you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them Godly, stay away from people like that. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this opportunity to be here. God, we thank you for the freedom that we have to wake up on a Sunday, Father, and come to your house and worship you together with fellow believers, Father, to encourage one another. We thank you for that today, Father. And I just pray right now that you anoint this word, and Father, let it sink into our hearts and minds, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. What a set of verses right there. What a scripture and what a reality that we are in today. The last days, the, the difficult times, the, the slander others, the no self-control, the cruel and hate, what is good. All of this stuff is happening right now. You see it everywhere. You know it's there. Sometimes we're a part of it. No amens on that one. But before we get too far into what I'm talking about as far as going or being, I wanted to make everybody aware of a few things as I was looking at this this past week. U.S. church membership and engagement, I'm just going to kind of put that together. Membership and engagement is down sharply across the United States in the last 20 years. Membership engagement in the church is down sharply in the last 20 years. How many would say, I believe it? I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. And as you look at each age group, the younger ones, the age group, this younger one age group, the attendance and engagement in church, as they're younger, it gets less and less. That's scary to think about. Traditionalists, those born in 45 or before, at one time, 20 years ago, 77% were down that they were membership or engaged in the church. Now that number's down to 68%. Okay, baby boomers born 46 to 64 at, at 20 years ago, 67% were a membership or engaged in the church down to 
Generation X, that's me, born 65 to 79. 20 years ago, 62% were engaged in membership in a church, down to 54% now. Millennials, born 1980 to 2000, which is a lot of our teenagers. That number's down, they, they don't have it from 20 years ago, obviously, but down to 42% that are engaged or members of a church. And of course, then we have Generation Z, which was born in 96 to 2012, but not enough to track on that yet. But all the numbers, as you go younger and younger, are getting lower and lower as far as being engaged in church. And that breaks my heart. That the younger we get, the less likely they are to be in church. And, and, and the United States is one of the more religious countries but it's far less religious than it used to be. And we can see that over the last 20 years, the following, falling away that's happening. Barely three quarters of Americans now identify with a religion and only about half claim membership or engagement in a church. Half of the world's population claim to be membership or engaged in a church. For the, before this, last 20 years, the, the church membership and engagement ran steady for 60 years straight it was good things were going well and it was remaining steady the last 20 is telling us a different story that the world is moving farther and farther away from God and again we can see that easily as we look around at things and, and, and church leaders also not only struggling with this but just the overall confidence that the world has in the church is going down. And I ask myself, why is that? Why is the confidence in the church dwindling amongst the world? And I keep coming back to that we're not being the church. We're not being the church. So even, even those of us that are plugged in, that are engaged in church right now, just because we're here doesn't mean we're being the church. Amen. And I know that's tough to say, I know it's tough to hear, but it's truth. Lack of confidence in the church. And, and also, in these ongoing trends towards declining engagement, uh, Christians are changing their relationship also with churches. What used to be regular attendance for me was every week. That's <laughs> just the way I was raised. We were in the church every week. That was regular attendance. That has changed. And I don't get a whole lot, I don't get too caught up in all the studies and numbers and all the, but regular attendance is not every week anymore. Some people think of it as every two or three weeks if I show up at church, I'm a regular attender. If I show up once a month, I'm a regular attender. See, that's changed. How many grew up where every week you were in church? A lot of us. That's, you just were. And you wanted to be. And again, they're, they're not just numbers. These are things that are playing out all across the United States in churches because I know they're playing out this way because churches are closing all the time. There are so many churches that are closing right now because of the lack of engagement and the lack of the church being the church. 
half, again, half of Americans are engaged members of a church, and that's down from 70% from 20 years ago. So there's a decline in our churches. There's a decline in America with moral decency. What is that? Exactly. There's a decline in America on the value of God in our lives. And we're in trouble. We are in trouble. America's in trouble. It's a mess right now. It's been, been in trouble for quite some time. And America needs the church to rise up in the midst of all this garbage and stand out and show who God truly is and show that there's hope found in Jesus. Engaged in the, in the fellowship of the church, engaged in the mission of the church, and engaged in actively living out our faith. It's so important that we're being that we're being Jesus, that we're sharing his love with others. So again, going or being, are we simply going to church? And it's been a while since I stepped on your toes, so get ready. <laughs> are we simply going to church or act, are we actually being the church? And I say that to myself, if nobody else. Sometimes we just show up and we go to church but we don't go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's reality. And over the, the course of this series, I want to show us, you know, show you guys what God's showing me. If we will be the church, we will be a part of changing the statistics back the other way. That I remember when Orchardville Church got a hold of again what God truly meant to them and they started being the church to the communities that fed into it. And we saw God's love poured out. We saw salvation upon salvation. We saw miracles. We saw healings because we started being the church again. We cannot, we cannot ignore the trouble that we're in. You know, a lot of times... We wear these rose-colored glasses trying to see things the way that we think they are and we think they're supposed to be, but in reality, they're not that way at all. And we need to take those off and face the reality that we're in trouble in America and the church needs to rise up and be the church. Church membership or engagement is not keeping up with the population growth. We are losing ground. Population keeps going up. Church attendance is going down. That's an issue. So I ask myself, as I'm studying this, I'm thinking about it and going over it this week and last week, are we ignoring a heart condition? Is there something going on in here that needs fixed? Are we a group of people that's just simply going to church? Or do we realize that we need to be a group of people that can start something right here again in Orchardville Church and change the way things are going in our communities. Amen. Can we rise up together as a body that's coming into unity, into spiritually being healthy? Can we rise up and start making disciples like we've been called to do? Like the disciples birthed the church long ago. We can't keep going down the same path, doing the same things and expect different results. That's called insanity. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over and, and think things are going to change. We have to be the change. I have to be the change. You have to be the change. We have to. 
That's what Jesus left us. That's what, that's what he left us to do. That's what God's telling us to do is go out and make disciples. We can't sit in here every single week, week after week, and be oblivious to what's going on out there. But this is my safe place. Yeah, but that's the battleground that we're supposed to be on, winning people to the, to the Lord. What if uh, an at-risk patient responded in this way to their doctor's war- warnings about a heart attack? You know, you got high cholesterol, Rick, you got high blood pressure, you're 50, 60 pounds of excess weight. You got this lifestyle of sitting around. I would be in serious danger, right? You would be in serious danger. Some of you are sitting in here in serious danger right now, just like me. And your doctors warned you and told you about this. And if, and if I was this, per, this patient, which I kind of am, and I said, thanks doctor, but I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling fine. I don't see any need to change what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. I'm just going to keep eating what I've been eating. I'm going to keep sitting around doing nothing. And I'm going to, you're going to watch this. My health's going to turn around. I'm going to get healthy. It's going to happen. Really, for me to even say that, that sounds foolish. That sounds dumb. For me to say that I'll just sit around and keep doing what I've always been doing. I know you said all those numbers are bad. And I know if I just keep at it, you're saying I'm going to have a heart attack. But... I'll be fine. You just watch. It'll get turned around. It's going to keep doing the same thing. Yet that's what many churches across America are doing right now. Ah, it'll be fine. It'll all work out. People will start coming back to the Lord. It'll all just, it'll level out. There's a heart condition. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually that we probably, a lot of us need to examine our hearts and and find out, Lord, do I need, I need some surgery. I need something to change inside here because right now my heart doesn't break for lost people. Actually, Lord, I get a little bit angry with some of the stupidity and things I have to deal with with people. When inside, we, it should be breaking. We should understand that there's people in our, fr- our friends, in our circle of friends, in our families that are dying and going to hell right now. And yet we're just going to keep doing the same old thing. I just hope it gets better. I just hope it gets better. I hope they get saved. Again, time for us to have some major surgery if we need it and get our hearts right again. A lifestyle change. Because like I mentioned earlier, the church is declining at a steady pace and we need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. We don't have to do things the way everybody else does things. We're going to do things the way God directs us to do things, and then we're going to go out and reach the lost with what he's doing in us. If we will be the church, you know, I long, and I've told the youth group this over the years, I long for us to be the church like the one that's found in the book of Acts. And I don't understand why, why we, why I don't want to walk in that every single day. Well, it's a lot different now than it was then. No, it's, it's about commitment. It's about surrender. It's about saying, Lord, I want you above everything else. It's about saying, I'm going to be as close to you as I can be, and I want to be used as much as I can for your kingdom. So open doors for me. Help me lay down things that don't matter in my life. Help me be a person that's on fire for you every single day. And let your love pour out of me. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. 
in the local church, Orchardville Church, it's vital to each person's spiritual formation and maturity, but we have to do, we have to be better. Going or being. We can't just go to church, we have to be the church. And sometimes that requires a change in our thinking. We have to believe and know that the local church is indeed the hope of the world. I carry that around, you carry that around. Why would we keep it to ourselves? The local church is the vehicle that God's using to deliver the gospel of Jesus. Think of yourself as a taxi cab. Okay, I'm carrying Jesus around with me. I know the answer. I know what the hope is for the world. And I'm driving my taxi cab, and a lot of us have the off-duty light on. Talking about me. I'm just picking on you. I'm picking on me, too. And we're driving around in life knowing the answer, knowing what Jesus has done in our life, knowing there's forgiveness for people, knowing that there's hope for people, and we're driving around like we're off duty. We are the vehicle that he's using to take the gospel out. It's in us. No, I preach in love. I do, I promise you. We've got to stop wasting some of our resources by, by devoting time and energy to things that really don't advance God's kingdom. That one slapped me in the face too. For us as a church and for us as individuals, we can't miss out on ministry opportunities that we have every single week because we're not paying attention to what God wants to do through us. And we can't go through the motions of doing church. We have to wake up before it's too late. You know, I want to I wanna get to the end of my life, whenever that is, and I want to be able to say with confidence, and I can't say it right now, Lord, I did everything I could to reach as many as possible. God, the burden was so strong in me that I didn't stop one day. I didn't stop looking for people that needed to hear about you. And for a while here, and take this again with love and, and recognizing where we're at and where we need to go, we've been in maintenance mode instead of mission mode. We just got to keep it together. We just got to maintain. And the whole time we should be in mission mode. Amen. The mission of the church should take precedence over maintenance. I don't want to be in maintenance mode anymore. I want Orchardville Church to be in mission mode. Advancing God's kingdom, not retreating and holding things together so we don't get wiped out. I want to be on mission for him. I want to be the church. I want, I want God to help me be the church. I want God to help me help you be the church. And I love what he's doing as far as the unity in our body and bringing spiritual health to it. But in this series of going or being, I want us to talk about what it will look like for us to be spiritually healthy, for us not to just be going to church together, but for us to be the church together. 
And we're going to go over that over the next few weeks. And, and there is no plan B. You, me, we're it. We are plan A to advance the gospel of Jesus. That's it. That's what you're sent here to do. That's why you're saved. That's why you're restored. That's why you're in fellowship with God is to bring others to him. That's it. Here's what I don't want to happen. For praise team will come back. Here's what I don't want to happen to me. And I pray you don't want it to happen to you. But over and over, and I'm sure this, I don't even know if this is the thing. I think about Lazarus and the rich man and stories like that. But I don't want to not take advantage of every opportunity God gives me. And I don't want to think about, stand up, Tommy. I don't want to think about this scenario. I don't want to think about Tommy heading to hell and him screaming, Why didn't you tell me, Rick? Why didn't you say anything to me that whole time you knew me? You didn't say one word about how to be saved. Aaron, why didn't you say something? I mean, we talked every week. Why didn't you tell me anything about Jesus? I don't want that on me. I don't want to walk around thinking... Why didn't I just say it? Why didn't I just talk about him? Why didn't I give him a chance to know him? I don't want that on my conscience. And I pray all of us in here don't want that either. We cannot keep it inside to ourselves. We have to share. We have to tell. And you have to present the gospel. And then it's up to them to accept it or reject it, but you're doing your part. How can they ever know if we don't ever tell? guys will stand with me this morning. Going or being. All around us is a spiritual health crisis that needs attention and we need to improve it. We need to help improve it. And I love that Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same. How he saved me as a young child is still the same way he saves someone now. By just saying, Lord, I need you in my life and I surrender to you. I believe in you. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe I'm forgiven and I get a fresh start. And I believe you died and rose again. And that you're at the right hand of the Father interceding on my behalf now and helping me through life through the power of your Holy Spirit. We need to be engaged as a church body in the Great Commission. That's why, again, why we're here. And we need to be that good soil that returns a hundredfold, that God, as we spread that seed, that God's blessing it and he's watering it through other people and we're seeing things happen because we're being obedient to who he is and who he wants to be in our life. We have to hear the word of God and we have to act on it. 
We have to be making disciples for Jesus. So Father, right now, God, I thank you. I thank you for this word, Father. If it challenged no one, it challenged me to get over my pride, get over my fear, get over my doubt, get over my worry, and just be the hands and feet of Jesus. God, help us as a church to not just go to church, but help us be the church. God, there's more than just showing up. We are to be your hands and feet to those that are hurting, to those that don't understand the truth of your word, that are confused by things that the world is throwing at them. God, help us. Help us to have a heart that's broken for the lost. Help us to seek you every day, Father, for opportunities to make a difference, to be the change that's needed in this world right now. And God, I worship you and I praise you, Father, as we open up these altars, Father. I just pray for responsive hearts that say, that say, I can do better. I can be the church better for those around me. I can be a light that shines brighter. So, Father, as we open them, I pray that they respond and spend time with you, Father, and that you encourage them and you give them boldness in them, Father. Lord, if anybody needs healing, salvation, a rededicated life to you, I pray they come and let you change them, Father. We're believing great things right now in the altars, God. Pull on their hearts like you've never pulled before, God. Let them respond to you and come and spend time with you. In Jesus' name, amen.